This podcast contains adult language. Sorry, Mom and Dad. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of our podcast, Crime Drunkies. Every week, we're going to go over cases that are interesting to us over... Alcohol. <laughs> so um, tonight we're drinking a nice rosé from Woodbridge. Uh, we're going to go around the table and kind of introduce ourselves. There is going to be kind of a rotating cast of uh, friends that are available on certain days. So I am Megan. I am an administrative assistant for the state of Florida. I am Matt, and I'm an account manager at a software company. I'm Emily, and I'm currently applying to physical therapy school. Hey, I'm Marnie. I'm a communications strategist at a marketing firm. Okay, so um, this first case I chose because it came from my hometown. All of us here have ties to it. Um, Marnie and Matthew moved there when they were really little, and Emily has been there several times because she is Matthew's girlfriend. (laughs) Um, So I'll just get right into it. There were two men went missing in Naples, Florida, one in January of 2004 and one in October of 2003. One of the men, Terrence Williams, was 27 years old. He was a father of four and he was kind of new to the area. He had just moved down to Florida from Tennessee. On January 11th, 2003, apparently he had gone to a party that night at a co-worker's house and his roommate remembers talking to him at some point the night of the 11th but got worried when he hadn't gone home by the 13th, so two days later. Um, And then a note, he previously had his driver's license suspended after a DUI and his car registration was also expired. So he wasn't legally allowed to be driving, he couldn't find a ride to the party, so he ended up just driving himself. On the 13th, after he hadn't been home, his roommate Jason emailed Terrence's mom, and his mom and family filed a missing persons report in Naples, or in Collier County, I guess. His aunt was able to locate his car after it had been towed from Naples Memorial Cemetery because it was, quote, blocking traffic. So when his... Okay, if you guys have questions, go ahead. Wait, so the, he left it in the cemetery? He... That's where they found it. Okay, yeah, yeah. It gets I, more in depth. In I'm depth. confused on blocking traffic. Yeah. Because it, they found it like in the middle of the road or something. That's what it makes it seem like. Okay. But I don't, I don't know exactly where it was. Matthew, you just smiled away. Um, so it was, it was towed <laughs> from. Can't look pretty on the <laughs> It was towed from Naples Memorial Cemetery. Um, so when his family got the tow receipt, they saw that it, the tow had been signed off by Deputy Steve Calkins, who worked for Collier County Sheriff's Department. And when they looked into it further, they found out that Terrence was not arrested and no incident report had been filed by Calkins. So he was just gone. Like, they found his car and nothing. So when his family talked to Calkins, the deputy, he claimed he had no memory of having a car towed that night. And this is where it gets kind of weird. There were witnesses at the cemetery that remember seeing Deputy Hawkins, like specifically seeing him pulling over the car that Terrence was driving. 
They said that Calkins was, or sorry, they said that Terrence was asked for an ID. He didn't have it, so he got out of the car and was patted down by the deputy and placed into the back of his police cruiser. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. The man that never saw him, never called for the tow, put him in the back of the police car. And then it gets weirder because the witnesses that saw him arrest Terrence saw Deputy Calkins come back 15 minutes to an hour later, and he went back to the car, He and he moved the car from a parking spot in the cemetery parking lot into the road. What? Wait. Right? The deputy? The deputy was found moving. They saw him get into Terrence's car and move the car from the parking lot of the cemetery into the road. Right? So, (laughs) do you know if these were the same witnesses that saw him pull him over? Well, like, apparently, like, what I found is that they were, like, I don't know if they worked at the cemetery or they were surrounded, but they're the same people that saw him put him into the car were the same people that saw him come back okay. and move, hit, move the car that wasn't his. Okay. So, and then later on, Calkins was questioned more, and he remembered more than what he initially did, which was nothing. Um, he was asked to submit an incident report to his supervisor, and then that's when his side of the story came out. He said that he stopped Terrence after seeing his car in distress, which, like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Like, how do you, how is a car in distress? Yeah. Right. How would he see yeah, Like, it's not like there's not a flat tire or anything. The car is in distress. And then he followed Terrence into the parking lot of the cemetery. So, like, he pulled his cruiser into the parking lot with Terrence's car. And then, um... He said that Terrence had asked him for a ride to a Circle K, which is a gas station. I don't know if that's, like, a normal thing everywhere. But so he asked for a ride to the Circle K because he was running late for work. And then Deputy Calkins drove him there because, quote, he was very clean cut. Like, so I guess, like, he thought it was okay for him to drive him. But I don't, that, that confused me. And then Calkin said that he went back to the vehicle because Terrence had told him that there was the registration in his glove compartment, and then it wasn't there. So um, Calkins called the Circle K from a work-issued cell phone because, like, deputies are well, most law enforcement are like issued a cell phone for work, so you make work calls. So it's like, and then he asked for Williams at the Circle K that he called, but was told Williams didn't work there. And then there are, I there are like a couple issues with the deputy statement. I'm gonna take a drink. <laughs> Something that I would like to know <laughs> up until this point <laughs> is the relationship between the deputy and Terrence mm-hmm. and Terrence prior to this night. Like you think that like if he'd been like had yeah. run in with maybe they had a run in. Oh, because he had like a DUI, but I couldn't tell like if it was in like if it had happened in Naples or if it happened before. Like he, but he didn't have a license. Like he had his license know suspended. Did they know if he was they driving knew a Cadillac? But like if he didn't have a license, I didn't even right, think about like, that. Why would he have a car? And maybe the sheriff looked up the plate. Before and what happened happen? after the party in between him leaving and well, did and he even make it to the, the party? Does he have a statement on why he moved the car from? Well, he uh, that no, <laughs> not I not that I remember. And in that year, were there any dash cams? I don't. I didn't think about that either. 
Were there what? Dash cams. So you could like oh, rewatch right. the footage. Like, is there any But maybe sort it was just like, like certain cars. Yeah. GPS. Or back then there the could have been none. I don't know. Like maybe it wasn't just like every single person got one. Maybe it was just like certain like high crime areas. So let's back it up to when he made his very first ever statement. He says mm-hmm. he has no. Well, apparently what, that he, wasn't like an official did he, statement. Did he but admit to at least pulling him over? No, he said that he like never saw the guy. Oh, so yeah, that's like weird. didn't know that's who he was. Yeah. But then so there then are, why? So then he comes back to later say, "Oh yeah, I pulled him." Yeah, over. then he had like this whole story. He was like, "Uh," hmm. and like that's what I like. I guess it took, like, three days or something for, like, them to finally hear back from him. Like, he just, like, wasn't returning calls because he was off work and, like, didn't want to talk to, like, the dispatch or whatever. So there's something that makes me think that they either knew each other, had a run-in, he didn't want to report the incident. Like, he could have just been prejudiced. Kind of, because Terrence was a black man. And, um... The and that's a sketchy reason to give that the car well, is... Also, if you know where it is, like, this is in Naples Park. I was going to ask exactly mm-hmm. where, because I didn't recognize the name of this park. I didn't either, but it's it's in Naples Park. It's, like, off of, like, 111th and 41, so okay. it's, like, not the best neighborhood in Naples, but... Right. But still. Um, but then there's issues that arose with the statement that, um, that the deputy had submitted... So, drink free. It's all drug junkies. <laughs> drug drug junkies. Cheers, guys. <laughs> so, with the um, deputy statement, deputy Calkins statement, number one, his phone records showed no history of the call to Circle K. Like, he was on a cell phone. Oh, you can okay. trace calls. There was no... This, this is so... Yeah. There was no evidence on the work phone. Yeah, like, because he would have called from his work-issued cell phone to the Circle K, and there was no evidence he had ever called. So, okay. like, that part is, like, that's a lie. So, mm-hmm. I'm thinking... Well, I was thinking either this guy was, is being suspicious or he's trying, like, to s- cover himself. Mm-hmm. Well, like, in the sense, like... He didn't do anything wrong, but it seems like he could be doing something wrong, and he doesn't want it to, like, escalate to to that point where yeah. someone's, like, accusing him of Well, because there is, like, some people do, like, if they get pulled over and they know that they have, like, a DUI or, like, have a suspended license, they'll run or, like, right. they'll, like, I don't know, because they don't want to go to jail. Hmm. But then there was another, um, there was no surveillance footage that showed Williams or Hawkins at that Circle K that he claimed to take him to. Yeah, so now, like, all these, like, suspicious stuff. Yes. Yeah, and then there's also none of the employees that were working that night or witnesses that were at Circle K Latinus that night remembered seeing either of them. So, like, he kind of just, like, shot himself in the foot. Like, none of that was true. They can prove that none of that's true. So, like, why, why, what are you lying about and why are you lying about it? Why would you say you went to Circle K? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Out of anywhere. <laughs> so, yeah. So now I'm, like, leaning towards this guy's super suspicious. Yeah. So then all of this led Terrence's mother, Marsha, to file a complaint against the deputy Calkins. And then after she filed that complaint, there was a lead from the Mexican consulate in Miami about some similarities that this case had to another case. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets... What, the okay. Mexican what? The Mexican what? consulate. So it's like like a Mexican government entity kind of that's in the United States. So like it's like the if there's like passport like problems, they go to like the consulate to try to get it figured out. Is Terrence Mexican? 
Terrence was not. He was African American, but this the second person, oh, okay, okay. second person was a man named Felipe Santos. He was a 24-year-old Mexican national living in Immokalee, Florida, which is um, about 50 miles northeast of Naples. Mm-hmm. He was here illegally, which like is kind of like a red flag. Um, <laughs> but he had been living in the U.S. and had been sending money to his family, which is like that's a normal thing for Immokalee because it's like a bunch of migrant workers that work in like the tomato money. fields that are just making and money. They're and they're the only it. ones there from their family. Yeah, they're trying to like save money to you be able to bring their family over. Right. So. Like, that's, like, a normal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time that Felipe was seen was October 1st of 2003. He was on his way to work and got into a small car accident, and he was cited for reckless driving, driving without a license, and driving without insurance, and he was placed into the back of a squad car driven by... Oh. Deputy Cox. Steve Cockins. Oh. Right? This is, like, I have goosebumps. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding Isn't me. Isn't that out of this jurisdiction? No, because he was pulled over in Naples. Like, he was on his way to work. That's what, that confused me, too, because, like, if Immokalee is, like, if you're going to work in Immokalee, you live in Immokalee because it's in the middle of effing nowhere. Right. Or do deputies have jurisdiction across lines? They have, like, because he was, like, he worked for Collier County Sheriff's Department, so, like, technically he could do, like, anything county. in Collier County. Interesting. But, like, is Immokalee part of Collier County? I believe so. I feel like it is. Maybe. Um, or on the line of Collier and Lee. So then Felipe's boss, when he didn't show up, he found out what happened, and he called jail to post bail so that Felipe could, like, come into work. And um, he was told that no one with the name Felipe Santos was booked into jail that day. So, like, he was in the back of a squad car, was supposed like, supposedly getting arrested, and just never made it to jail. Stop. Right? <laughs> And then, so when he when he was asked about this, Calkins said that because Felipe was so nice and so cooperative, he decided to let him go, and he dropped him off at a Circle K. No, but not the same one. Like a one only four miles away, which makes Still, me want to. It makes me want to look up. Right. It makes me want to look same up where grade. they were, and then what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to like make a map or find a map that shows where each of them are, and then post it onto our hopefully <laughs> coming our soon website. website. Um. But, yeah, so he dropped him off at a Circle K. And then it took two weeks for Santos's family to report him missing, but they were in Mexico, so... Like, you don't know, like, maybe they or didn't talk that often. Maybe they yeah, were just, like... Like, yeah. they may not have talked... They were like, oh, the money didn't come through this month. Right. Maybe, like, they did something like that. So it took two weeks. And then they also filed a complaint against Deputy Calkins. And then after an investigation, like, an internal investigation, Calkins was cleared of any wrongdoing. Like, how the... Fuck. A man disappeared in your custody. Like how? Yeah. How do you just like get off on that? And especially Twice. since it's not Twice. yeah, yeah, it's first. But this one happened first. So like this is the first one that he got away with. And then his wife said that she didn't think the investigation was like very thorough because they like she was never interviewed. Like if someone go like if, if some guy from Mexico goes missing, don't you think that you would talk to his wife in Mexico about like maybe he just showed up at home? Right. But like they never talked to her about anything. And then I made some things of note. So um, the dis- there's a dispatch call, which I like. I want to look up to see if there's any record of this dispatch call. When Calkins was having Terrence's car towed, the, the I guess the first guy I talked about, the second guy this happened to, mm-hmm. um, the there were conflicting statements between like the dispatch call that he made and the incident report that he filed. 
So he, in the recording of the dispatch call, he said that the car was abandoned and blocking the road. And then in his incident report and the witness's account that night, they said that they saw Calkins moving the car. So then he later... This is about Terrence, the first guy. Sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit. But then he... um, Calkins later said that he moved the car from the parking lot to help the tow company, not to make it look abandoned. Like, he was helping the tow company out, even though, like, can't... I mean, I've been towed out of a parallel parking spot. If a tow truck wants to get your car, they're going to take your car. Right, yeah. So, like, that that's weird. And then on, like, a dispatch call the night that he was, quote, arresting Terrence, he was making jokes with the dispatch officer, and he said that the driver might be out there in the cemetery. <laughs> but, like, Terrence... Like, if he dropped him off, he'd be the Circle K. Like, he knows where Terrence is if, like, yeah. what happened had happened. Yeah. Like, he got, he already knew that his car... You know, like, that... Also, that sounds like he just freaking, like, killed him and put him in the cemetery. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Like, my brain was like, oh, he's just wandering around. The best place to hide a body is in a cemetery. Or, like, you know what? My, like, the Everglades. Right. It's half an hour away. Right. Like, because I don't know if they... There's probably so many bodies. Right? That's why that's why Dylan and I were talking about like alligators, like there's pits that they can just oh, drop yeah. a body and you everything's just fucking gone. Put it in there and no one would ever find it. Yeah. And then at and one Mockley's point Mockley's on the edge of the Everglades. The what is? Mockley. Yeah. Right. Like all of like Naples, Mockley, everything, like everything over there, down there, touches the Everglades. It's like a half hour drive. You could yeah. just do anything. It's accessible. Yeah. And then um one more thing is, at one point, Calkins called in a background check on Terrence Williams. Like, he said Terrence Williams and his birth date, which contradicts a statement that Calkins made because he said that he didn't know Terrence's last name or any other details about him, even though, like, was he called in something. I think it was when he first initially pulled him over and he was like, I can you check the background of, like, a Terrence Williams? Right. And but see if he at anything. least knew enough oh, to give that. So it would have mm-hmm. been after he made... He would have known that information before he said the statement that he didn't know mm-hmm. anything about. Yeah. Him. That's weird. Yeah. So then, naturally, Coppins became a person of interest in both of the cases. So FDLE and the FBI were sent to investigate, and they tried putting a GPS tracker on his car and did forensic investigation of the patrol car that he was driving and, like, didn't find anything. Didn't find anything weird. And then in the end, Calkins was fired from the police department that he worked for because of all the conflicting statements that he made and for being uncooperative with the investigation. Mm-hmm. And then for a long time, nothing really happened in the case. Like, this happened in 2003, 2004. Um, so nothing really happened up until 2012 after that. Wow. And that's when a bunch of news programs and true crime programs began covering the story. So it got... It got even more attention when Tyler Perry, do you guys know who that is? Who does, like, Medea and, like, that kind of stuff? He went on to Al Sharpton's talk show and, like, because he had gotten into the case, I guess, and offered a $100,000 reward for information that led to an arrest of somebody. And then the award was eventually, like, bumped up to $200,000 and, like, they didn't find out anything. Wow. And then... More recently, this is when I did my little sleuthing, um, in September of 2018, there was a civil lawsuit filed against Steve Calkins on behalf of the estate of Terrence Williams by his mom. 
um, and it's a wrongful death lawsuit. There is no official date of death on it since no one knows what happened to him, if he is still alive, if he died, like, the day <coughs> that all this happened. And then what I learned from the, the complaint is Steve Hawkins has fled to Iowa. Like, he moved to Iowa in, like, 2016 to be with his family. Just like, if you didn't do anything wrong, like why, are you, why are you just running off across the country? And then in the complaint, there's a whole list of allegations, which I'm also going to try to see if I can like save one page of it and then post it to the hypothetical website that we may or may not have. And then, so there's like a bunch, like a bunch of allegations of what happened. And then in the report, it said that it took Calkins, oh, it was actually four days to for dispatch to get a hold of him. I thought it was three. But it was four days for them to finally talk to him about questions for the tow. And then he denied ever being at the cemetery or seeing Williams. Like, that's when, like, those, like, contradicting yeah. statements came. Even though there's a dispatch call. A dispatch. <laughs> so, basically. And all the contradictory evidence. He lied about everything. Yeah. And then he leaves. Mm-hmm. But there's no evidence connecting him, which is, like, the shittiest part. Like, what the fuck right. happened to like, this guy? This is the messed up part of... The justice system, yeah. I guess, is that and it's until so proven guilty. obvious that he did something. Mm-hmm. But you and can't like, like, why, try somebody if there's and, no evidence. But should there be some type of law or something that if somebody's lied about... Or, like, why, why can't he provide any information? Yeah. There should That's be, what, like, a if you can't do an honest truth statement or something. Yeah, like, he, he's supposed to, like, be the protector of the community, but he's lying about right. everything he's doing. And law enforcement is not hold to the same standard as civilians. Yeah. It's what? <laughs> it's not Drinky held. drinks. And <laughs> law enforcement is not hold to the same standard. They're not going to question an officer as much yeah. as a regular right. judge. Exactly. And, and exactly. that's true, and it's, you hate to say it, but... <laughs> <laughs> but drinky drinks. <laughs> white cop I assume yeah yeah and that's what like I think African American Mm -hmm. it does seem like very and then like like a Mexican man and an African American man go missing at the hands of a white man like yeah (laughs) not trying to be all preachy but if he tried to do that with a white man Mm -hmm. ship would go through the yeah but like he also picked like the the Mexican who had like no ties in America who could literally like if he didn't have like a wife that was like trying to fight and find for him the guy would just be like yeah, typically someone care. like that, right, yeah. that could go away very quickly. Yeah. So he must have known stuff about these people. Yeah, like you think that he was like targeting them or something is what it seems like, yeah. kind of. Like even if he right. was like, okay, what's the background on this guy? I'm, I don't think the people on the other end would be like, oh yeah, he's an illegal immigrant. Mm-hmm. Like, he has no family here. But like, because if he was an illegal immigrant, like he would have no record. Like, his whole goal in life was just to, like, go to yeah, work, make money, and leave, like, you try to fly under the radar. You don't leave a footprint at all. Right. So, in 2019, is there any new evidence? Any people coming forward? That's... I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get into that in just a second. There's a couple more things that... This is all part of the complaint that was, like, in 2018, and I'm not sure when this happened. I think it was pretty recently. Um, Steve Calkins filed a motion to dismiss the charges against him. Because he said that the plaintiff, which was the estate of Terrence, showed no evidence that he did anything to Terrence. Which is true. Like, there is no evidence that he did anything. He just, like, went missing. And then he tried to say that the statute of limitations for wrongful death is only two years. 
and then the murder special exception, which means like there's no statute of limitations for murder. Like you can murder someone like 50 years ago and still go to jail for it today. Um, right. He said that that exception is invalid because they can't prove that Terrence was murdered. And they can't. Like, there's no body. There's no blood. There's nothing. He's trying to push the charges off to move on. Yeah. And then... he knows uh, he did something wrong. Yeah. Okay, so could they not find any DNA in the back Mm -hmm. of his cop car? Well, I mean, like, I guess nothing more than usual. Like, if you sit sit down in a chair, like, my, like, pants, like, are going to be on the chair. Like, like fibers from that. And, like, unless he, like, was ripping out chunks of his hair, they're not going to have, like... DNA in there besides like no fingerprints or anything. Well, because like if you're handcuffed and put in the well, if you're handcuffed and put into a cop car, it's the cops like fingerprints are gonna be on the car, not the because he can't do anything with his hands behind his back. Yeah. But so um and then this one this this part made me laugh. He mentioned in his motion to dismiss that he wouldn't be able to defend himself with good enough legal counsel because the plaintiff had support from Tyler Perry. Oh <laughs> like that was God. one of the reasons why he but couldn't why have good enough people counsel. People look into this more. Like right? Like have you guys ever just heard all about like, this? Okay, cool. Yeah, probably because. But if you think about it, 2003, there's no smartphone, no social media. No instant news. Yeah, they probably don't have like a body cam dash. Yeah, I mean they had to put a GPS on his car. He didn't already have it. it, But they didn't. Like I guess like if he knows that like he's under investigation, he's gonna be more careful. I'm sure he's gonna be careful after something's gone down. I don't know, but then after they placed a GPS on. So February 22nd of this year, which was not very long ago, the motion to dismiss was denied by the judge. And there is a case management conference set for April of this year, so it's still coming up. Which I looked up what a case management conference was because I had no idea, and it's part of the court court procedure. It's a meeting between the judge and the parties. Sometimes lawyers are present, sometimes they're not, and they try to settle some of the issues before going to trial. So I don't know if that means that like they'll reach like a like a monetary settlement. What did you say? (laughs) The courthouse steps. Well, it's actually like it was so funny. They were like, the motion will be at the courthouse on Tamiami Trail, and I was like, I know exactly where that is. Like it's so weird to be so close to all this happening. Like it happened in Naples Park. This and cemetery is next to a church. Is it? Because yeah. also, like, where... Right near the beach. Where what's-his-face? Sorry, the... And while it's not a high-end area, it's populated, it's wild. There are some very high-end it's, it's houses very, there, It's say. very populated. Very populated. Because it's, like, where it's the cheap houses are populated, the city. but there's also very, very nice homes there that are mm. on the water. Yeah, but that's, like, like further right. west. But you don't think in a cemetery, what's the need of cameras if there's dead bodies? Yeah, but they you also mentioned Felipe Santos was arrested at Green Tree Plaza, which sounds so familiar, but I can't like oh place my gosh, where it it's is. That plaza on uh, Forty One and hmm, what's that road? What else is in the plaza? Airport? No, no, no. I, no, it might Vanderbilt. be. It's that one with that that old Walgreens. I know exactly what you're talking about, where the ice cream place was. Yeah. That's so good weird. Enough. And then, so, I, what I was telling you guys earlier, is I could not find, like, any information on Felipe anywhere. Um, and there are some people think it's because of the fact that he was an illegal immigrant. 
So his wife, daughter, and father are still in Mexico. So some people are theorizing that, like, he fled to Mexico or, like, he is just trying to stay under the radar after, like, being detained or arrested, whatever he was. Mm -hmm. And then he might be hiding out so he doesn't go to jail. Like, he's still, like, maybe he is still working somewhere. Maybe he is still pocketing money and, like, sending it to Mexico. But the consulate in Miami, the Mexican consulate, have said that, like, his passport hasn't been used. Like, he hasn't left the country. Yeah. So both these guys are just gone. I just think it's too much of a coincidence. Right? Two guys went missing under the same coffee. Yeah. And so, and the more I think about this, I feel like I have heard about this at, like, the pool at Autumn Woods. (laughs) Like, just listening to people talk, but I don't know. Because it, like, sounds so familiar, but also so completely bizarre that something like this happened. So close to home. Yeah. Like, literally, like, five minutes from where we lived. Mm -hmm. At places you guys probably go to, like, all the time. Yeah. Like, we drive by. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I went to a party in Naples. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for our listeners, if you do hear any news on this case... Mm -hmm. Definitely feel free to send it alone. There is a number for like a tip line through the Collier County Sheriff's Department. I'll have to look that up too. Um, and I'll leave a link on the hypothetical website. <laughs> but I, yeah, that's all I have. Do you guys have any more questions? Or I just find it hard to believe that even in 2003, there wasn't wasn't any kind of like GPS on the cop right? car. Or like any way to track where he was. Like you think that they'd be yeah. able to like ping where his cell phone was or something, but it, I guess that doesn't happen unless it's being used. I just feel like they prop they should have been tracking. There should have been more information. At all yeah. Times. Yeah, I guess I'd be interested to know like when all these crazy stories about police started happening mm-hmm. with police yeah. abusing their. Yeah, power. I just feel like they might be trying to hide it so they don't. Maybe and maybe that's why they fired him because they were like, we have like I, that's what this I is too much like, and they don't I'm just want like, it let to him be go. In the media. Yeah. Be like too messy. Well, I guess that we're I guess that to, concludes the first episode. We're coming episode. to 30 minutes and we're getting low on our bottle, so until next time, <laughs> yeah. we are the Crime Junkies. Cheers. <laughs> 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 My classic hat. <laughs>